More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. We'll all be flying higher than a jetliner. Trump with a nine point lead over President Biden in that poll and whatever caveats, whether that is an outlier, that's a tough one to spin. Vice President Harris, do you see her as the future of the Democratic Party? Uh, It's not a given. You don't automatically move up. She'll have to compete uh, going forward. So that we can stop passing CRs. That's like telling a crack addict, we're going to give you more crack to keep you off a crack. It doesn't work, man. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity. The new new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, news roundup and information overload hour. Let me give you our toll-free number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, We've been going over all of this new information we have. Uh, You know, one FBI supervisor corroborating key aspects of the two IRS whistleblowers' testimony alleging federal prosecutors slow-walked Hunter Biden's criminal probe and uh, declined last year to bring tax charges in Los Angeles and D.C., according to an interview uh, transcribed and uh, exposed by JustTheNews.com. That's John Solomon, the female FBI supervisor whose name the Justice Department asked in this particular case uh, be kept uh, private in the transcript, was interviewed by the House Judiciary. She chronicled her interactions with Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler. Those are the two IRS whistleblowers. And the Delaware U.S. attorney, David Weiss, and they took, remember, contemporaneous notes. And that's when Weiss said, well, I don't have the power. I'm, I'm not the decider. And that is contradicted by his own letters. You know, he sent conflicting letters to both Jim Jordan and Lindsey Graham as we went into great specificity and detail in the past about. 
Uh, Merrick Garland's, you know, you know, it seems like in his sworn testimony that David Weiss was the top dog and was free to charge in these other jurisdictions. That seems to have blown up, you know, pretty severely in their face and shouldn't surprise anybody. Uh, and now we have this new story that I want to know a lot of detail earlier about. Gal Luft, the fugitive missing witness in this Biden corruption investigation, has now offered new evidence to House the House impeachment inquiry about an FBI mole that tipped off Hunter Biden that his Chinese partner had been named on the four sealed indictments in 2017 by Manhattan federal prosecutors. This is in the Southern District of, of New York. And anyway, the the former professor, uh, Israeli Defense uh, Forces officer, who had been on the run six months after skipping bail in Cyprus, he was awaiting extradition to the U.S. on some gun running and foreign lobbying charges, also brought by the SDNY. But in an open letter, Comer, Jordan, and Jason Smith, three House committee chairmen running the impeachment inquiry, Luff claims that the tip-off to the Chinese executives at CEFC came on the exact same day that Hunter wrote that infamous WhatsApp message shaking down the uh, another uh, CEFC employee for millions of dollars. I'll make certain between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold the grudge that you'll regret not following my direction. Uh, I'm sitting here with my father waiting for the call. Okay. Anyway, here to weigh in on these new developments is Devin Nunes, CEO of Truth Social. That's the Trump Media Technology Group, former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Uh, all right. As you now see the walls closing in on the Biden family syndicate or the enterprise, if you're in Fulton County, Georgia, as they call it, uh, it things are not going well for the Bidens, is it? Well, Sean, great to be with you, as always. And I think the only question that's left out here is whether or not Biden and his family are going to concede that he's an unelectable candidate. Um, I just think you see you see the polling information. You see that all of this information has come, it has come forward. And I have have argued now for a while with or advised, I guess, is the better is the better term my former Republican colleagues, that Biden is a nice shiny ball out there. There should be an impeachment inquiry. Um, I don't think he's going to make it through. Um, I just I just don't think he's going to be their nominee. I think they see him as unelectable. But what, what normal people out there, if you actually look at this, what they're going to ask themselves is, how did this happen? As you were just saying, they had, they had this information. The FBI, the DOJ had information dating back to the Obama administration and it was all covered up. How can you have a justice system in this country where connected political families do not get prosecuted like you or I would, Sean? And I think that's the – so what we're really dealing with here is, is when does Biden get out of the race and, and do the – as you are well aware and your audience is well aware, Team Obama is running the Biden administration. So at what point – does the Department of Justice and the FBI, all of the hacks that were responsible for the Russia hoax, the Ukraine impeachment hoax, all the mistreatment of the January 6th prisoners, at what point do they, uh, does Team Obama say, okay, Joe, you announced you're running. We advised you not to. Susan Rice left the day before we advised. We, can, we have told you. Now you've seen the polling. And that's only because the fake news has been doing a little bit of reporting on this, by the way, Sean. If you're not going to get out, 
we are going to go back and look at what else we can prosecute, not only Hunter, but also you, Joe. And that's, there's a ratcheting level of, of hostility here within the Democratic Party, Sean. And, of course, you and I know about it, but, you know, the fake news knows about it, but they won't report on it. All right. So, you know, you are responsible almost, you and, and frankly, just very few of your colleagues, and you took an enormous amount of heat for it and exposing the, the Trump-Russia hoax for what it was. Although, I don't know if you noticed this weekend, Hillary revived it. Oh, don't put it, don't underestimate Trump. He's going to do it again. And she's still fixated on something that has been totally, completely, and utterly debunked. Uh, I, I think even MSDNC has quietly abandoned the Trump-Russia hoax lie that they peddled for years and the conspiracy theories that they have peddled for years. Um, so the question here is, you know, what you really sound like you're saying to me is that Democrats are going to be the ones to push Biden out. It's not going to be anything Sean Hannity can do on, on his television or radio program. I'm, we're just exposing this like we exposed the Russia hoax. And again, it's like unpeeling every layer of the onion. But uh, right now we're getting down to the bottom of the onion. And I think there's a lot of issues here that they can't answer for. Look, I, I think that's exactly right. They did not. You you know Susan Rice. I think your audience does, too. She was tight with Obama, one of Obama's top people. She came into the Biden White House as the domestic uh, advisor. So she was essentially running any, everything on the border to what they've done with health care and education, everything else. She was the one calling the shot. She was there with eight years with Obama as his national security advisor, comes in do, and does domestic policy for Biden. It's pretty telling that, you know, nobody's really talked about this, but the day before Biden announces he's running for re-election, she leaves. So that was the signal that Obama is drawing back. All his people are there. They do not want him to run. It's not by coincidence, Sean, that, that just, you know, 10 days ago, 12 days ago, the fake news, who's ignored all of this that we've, that you've been exposing for years, that, like, for example, CNN even ran a two-minute little segment about all of all of uh, cnn's lies i mean hell i thought i was watching the sean hannity show and it was on it was a clip from from cnn i thought it was maybe a babylon b parody <laughs> exactly right and i've been warning people once once you start losing maureen dowd and david ignatius and liberal joe and and van jones and james carville and david axelrod uh, you're in trouble. And, and even the tepid support James Clyburn gave for Kamala Harris this weekend is very telling to me on the heels of Nancy Pelosi giving tepid support of both Biden and and Harris. And I'll just add uh, one thing, and that is it wasn't Republicans that took down Governor Cuomo in New York. It was Democrats. That's that, right. Is that what we're looking at now? That, that's what and I've been saying that now for, for several months. As soon as Susan Rice walked out the door. You knew the gig was up. They did not want him to run. And they've been waiting, waiting, waiting. They, they tried to, the, the whole sweetheart deal was engineered by Team Obama within the White House and the Department of Justice and the FBI. All the things you were mentioning, these are all Obama accolades. They, they gave the sweetheart deal to Hunter because they wanted to go to Joe and say, look, we got your son off. He's going to get slapped on the wrist. It's all going to be buried. He'll be, there won't be able to be. Nothing else will happen. And then, unfortunately, what went wrong in their plan is the federal judge, you know, rightfully asked some questions and essentially revoked the deal. And then that exposed the corruption uh, within DOJ and FBI. 
And now Biden is in this you know, position where if he doesn't run, um, then, you know, he could be exposed. And I think he's he, he basically it's, it's kind of funny what they they actually accused Trump of. You know, all these people have said Trump's just running because of, uh, you know, all of his his problems. The reality is it's Biden who's running because of his problems. I mean, Trump actually wants to fix the country, didn't need to run in the first place. And you've got Biden who now has to run. even, And that's why you see the Obama people slowly ratcheting up the pressure. That's why you've seen his polls collapse. And you see the situation where I just don't, I, I really think, Sean, at this point, even with just this little bit of heat that they've turned on to, to Biden, I, I think he's unelectable at this point. And the Democrats know that and they want him gone. So who replaces him? Is it Kamala Harris, who polls lower than Joe, or... Gavin Newsom, who maybe doth protest a bit too much, and we just announced today that we have a red state, blue state debate that he asked for, actually himself, and made the challenge to Ron DeSantis, and Ron said yes, and I'm moderating that debate. Uh, is is that a sign that maybe Gavin's more interested than he's letting on? He's been praising both Joe and Kamala Harris, saying under no circumstances will he get in. So, so as you as you know, I'm, I'm I grew up in California, represented California. It's been the world's worst-kept secret. Gavin Newsom has been running for president, long calculating that Biden was going was not going to be able to run. But now the challenge now is, and where Biden or where where Newsom's in this weird position, he thought Biden would have already stepped aside and he'd be in a full-blown race against, say, Kamala Harris, maybe the governor of Michigan. But it's not working out in their favor. So now they're trying to figure out. Because the sign-up period starts now. So they're going to be in this awkward position, and maybe they want it this way, Sean, where essentially the Democratic Party insiders, the Politburo, so to speak, which are all the Obama people, will ultimately have to decide in a back room who their nominee is going to be. And so are they, are they going to choose Gavin Newsom, or are they going to try and you know coax uh, Michelle Obama into running? Look, you and I aren't on the aren't in the the smoke filled rooms with these guys. They don't actually you know call us on the weekends and check. Yeah, I'm a little shocked by that. My feelings are hurt. <laughs> but I think you've got it just on the short list is is Newsom, who's clearly running and building, trying to build coalitions. I think. And why is he saying just the opposite, knowing those words will come back to haunt him? I think because well, I don't think he's going to challenge Biden. I think he knows that they're trying to get Biden out. So all of this is triggered on when will Biden exit the stage. As long as Biden doesn't exit the stage, it, it really complicates it for them. That's why I'm saying they're going to have to go to the smoke-filled smoke room. Room. So it's going to be Newsom. It's going to be the governor of Michigan, uh, Whitmer. Um, I think you've got Michelle Obama as an outside possibility. Um, and I'd be looking, you know, maybe a couple senators that you hear them talking about. That's that's kind of their short list. And I think you're right. They don't want, you know, Kamala Harris, even though she's an Obama accolade, I think the Obama people do not want her now. I think they've learned their lesson because she's performed so horribly as vice president. I mean, she's, I think, just as unpopular as, as Joe. Actually, polls show her more unpopular, if you can believe it. All right, quick break. We'll come back more with Devin Nunes on the other side. 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program as we continue. When fake news gives you lies, Hannity supplies the truth. 
Sean Hannity is on right now. All right, we continue with Devin Nunes, CEO of Truth Social and uh, TMTS. That's the Trump Media and Technology Group. It's definitely getting interesting. And it looks like, you know, if you look at every poll, I mean, it, it really hasn't been a race for a long time in the Republican primary. Uh, President Trump certainly faces, you know, the possibility of, of four criminal trials, which to me is obscene in an election year, especially because these indictments could have been brought years ago. They didn't bring them. And and now that they set it up that a trial uh, in in venues that I don't think the president can get a fair trial in New York or uh, Washington, D.C. or Fulton County, Georgia, just to name three. And that would mean that his trials take place in the election year and where we would be more likely to have uh, to to do better, which would be in an appeals court that would take place. What, after an election? Are you kidding me? How is that fair? How is that not interfering in an election by using this? Well, not look, not only is it interfering, but these cases are all nonsense. Um, I mean, they're all across the board. They're, they're ridiculous. And the American people are seeing it for what it is. This is the Biden administration going after his political opponent. But I'm not, I'm not worried about his base. His base is rock solid. How will it, let's say he, he does get uh, tried let's say two of these locations two of these unfriendly venues and he gets a guilty verdict how will independence you know interpret that when they go to the polls sean i have to think that people are gonna all of this stuff makes no sense and i think at the end of the day the american people when once they start to pay attention once they get once they get the facts they're going to understand that these are all charges that are that should have never been brought uh, that aren't going to stick, and and they see it. I think what it's done is really galvanized the Republican Party and galvanized independents to say, this is not the type of America that we w- we want to live in. A, a two-tiered justice system and a wide-open border doesn't work. And and I think that's why you're going to see at the end of the day, as you know, this only comes down to a few states. And and it gets down to, you know, who's going to show up to vote in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and, you know, Arizona right. and Georgia. That's about it. It's it's the rest of it's all been decided pretty much. All right, Devin Nunes, CEO Truth Social. That's the NTMTG, uh, the Trump Media Technology Group. Thank you, sir. As always, appreciate you being with us. And great to be with you, Sean. Thanks a lot. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport, and I'm Kibi Rappaport, and together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so we announced earlier today that uh, I will, and this kind of came up organically. Linda, you remember when we were out in California doing the interview with Gavin Newsom, and you know him and Ron DeSantis have been sniping at each other left, right, and sideways. And I said, well, do you want to debate him? He said, absolutely. Any place, any time. I'll do it on a day's notice. Uh, not exactly, but that's, that's the behind the scenes stuff that nobody needs to talk about. Um, but anyway, so we officially got a date. It is November 30th, 90 minutes. I am the moderator and, uh, it's going to be the red state versus blue state, big debate. And you know what, when you look at Florida and you look at California and you're looking at two very different and distinct governing philosophies. And I don't care if it's about immigration. You have California, you know, an amnesty state, um, you know, which I think is insane. And you look at Florida and they're like, no, you have to come into the country legally. You have to be in the state of Florida legally. And anyway, so you look at the issue of law and order and safety and security. There couldn't be bigger distinctions. You look at the issues of taxation. You look at the issues of homelessness and and drug use, et cetera, et cetera, all of it. I just don't think you can have two different states than these two. And I think it'll be very interesting, very informative. And uh, anyway, I kind of look forward to it. I haven't asked you all day. What do you think of it? Um, hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm a little mixed on this one. I'm not going to lie. I have very, very strong, unfriendly feelings for Gavin Newsom. Um and that's me being very kind and FCC compliant. Uh, Why can't you I, just say you think it's going to be interesting? Not that hard. DeSantis, I just, I love Ron DeSantis. I, I've liked him since he was a congressman. I love that he served our country. I think he was a dedicated husband to a young wife who had cancer. I mean, there's just, there's not a whole lot I don't like about him. He is a man of his word and He's done really amazing things for the state of Florida. I mean, there's really no two ways about it. You know, Gavin Newsom is literally, um, I, I don't think that he is worth the tissue that Ron blew his nose in. I think it's silly okay, for him but, to even be on stage on with him. But when I you have two people that disagree, like California, the sanctuary, I said amnesty, sanctuary state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that's the opposite of what Ron DeSantis believes. Law and yes. order. You know, mm-hmm. look at their positions on energy. Look at their p- positions on every major issue, abortion, it couldn't be more diametrically opposed. Well, let me and ask just, you a question. And, and what, by the what way, do and you hope to like get out of it? What do you I, want to I, get out of it? I think I think the country's going to see two very different and and unique governing philosophies 
And I think they'll determine in their own minds based on mm-hmm. as we bring up every topic, you know, mm-hmm. are we better off being a sanctuary state or are we better off with secure borders? Are we better off, you know, with no fossil fuels, which Gavin Newsom made that comment last week about fossil fuels uh, and and wanting to go. Yeah, to the- He made that comment while he was flying to New York in his private jet. Like, well, he, he I'll be fair to him because I did have final conversation with him this weekend. He said, no, I was on JetBlue. That story's false. That's what he uh, said. Okay. Sure. Well, mm-hmm. I don't I, I have no evidence to the contrary. So I'm just giving. Well, I'll tell you it. what, when he posts his JetBlue stub, I will believe him. I don't I'll think he would have told me that if he was lying. I just he, it's too easily checked. Is his mouth moving? Yeah, okay. he's lying. Like to me, there's Man, just ouch. Yeah, well, I don't care for him at all. I think he's I just really think bad for our kids, too. And, and whenever it comes to kids and puppies and kittens and, you know, just things that can't take care of themselves and you hurt them, I'm like, mm, I kind of hate you. You know, people think that maybe there's some presidential implications behind this. And I don't really think there is. I think you got two guys that hate mm-hmm. each other. Clearly, mm-hmm. they've been sniping at each other. Mm-hmm. And my attitude is, OK, instead of doing it, you know, behind uh you know, the press as a filter, mm-hmm. why don't you do it face to face? Listen, Gavin Newsom is not running for president. And if he does, he is going to crash and burn. First of all, you know, and Ron DeSantis is going to wipe the floor with him. It's not even going to be a fair fight. It's going to be very hard for you to moderate this, in my opinion. Because, I don't think so. Why do you think it's going well, to be hard? Because you're going to be trying to give time to somebody who can't string a sentence together because nothing he's saying is true. Well, Gavin so I don't know how you articulate. moderate that. I'm not saying he's not articulate. I'm just saying that when his mouth is moving, he's lying. So well, at what that, point that's gonna that would be up to Ron to correct him, and I'm sure mm-hmm. Ron will come in. He's so you're not going to say anything. You're not going to get involved. No, I'm gonna no, I'm involved. I'm going to be bringing up the topics, and and frankly, I'll tell you, it's not even that hard to prepare. It's just I'll cite. Sources. But I mean, like you're not going to interrupt. Like if he ta- if he starts talking trash, and you I'll know it. No, I'll, that's Ron's job okay. because they'll have an opportunity. The way the format's going to work is they'll have an opportunity to respond. And then we'll have follow up time where they can mm-hmm. interact with each other as long. And I've just said very clearly to both of them, you got to give each other room to breathe so that the audience can hear you. And you're and doing a live studio audience. No. Well, we haven't decided that. That's actually the one question we haven't really decided. And you're going to do it in Georgia. Although, the, yeah, it is in Georgia and it's on okay. November 30th. I don't care either way at this point. But if it's just, an audience or not an audience. No. I mean, at the bottom line is the audience is going to be at home watching. And I think. Probably less distractions might be helpful, you know, but there might be a friends and family audience with an equal number of tickets. I'd give both sides. That, mm, that's that the last good. thing. Yeah, that's then probably this way, There are people that aren't going to be interrupting, hooting and howling and and just then I have to be a hall monitor like Chris Wallace. I don't really want that job. No, and that's how it was at the last debate, too. I mean, I think that that was definitely something that we felt there was a lot of noise from the room. People were very much they thought they were on stage with the candidates. I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, but, you know, it's sort of like, um I actually have no problem with that part. I don't I don't either. But if like you're like, listen, I want to be hyper focused on this. This isn't these aren't two presidential candidates. These are two governors having a conversation about the state of the nation and where we're at and why one governor is losing in droves hundreds of his constituents to another state. Migration is going to be migration is going to be a big issue. I mean, Gavin is the first governor in California history uh, to have lost population. I did ask him about that when I interviewed him. I'm sure it's a topic that'll come up. And, and, you know, it's not it's it's not that difficult to predict where what the topics are going to be in mm-hmm. this particular because I'm really keeping it state versus state. It's not 
you know, I'm not looking at this. I mean, I guess some some people might look at it as, okay, these are probably two, you know, if 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 obviously if Trump continues to run away with the Republican nomination, this could be a preview of coming attractions down the road. It could yeah. be. Um but, you know, I think things are pretty well set as of now, unless, you know, something changes between now and the primaries. Um, but I think the country will benefit from this debate. How do you explain sanctuary cities? How do you explain, you, you know, or the, the most rigid laws on the books involving the Second Amendment? How do you explain this green new energy phenomenon that has now put America at, at a at a decided disadvantage? Look at the gas prices in California versus any other state. How do you explain a 13.5% income tax versus no income tax in Florida? So I think these issues are that significant. These are big issues. Yeah, and I think you should also talk about crime. Oh, that's coming. Obviously, we'll talk about you know, that too. I mean, and the, homelessness. The crime, homelessness, drugs. I mean, it is rampant in California to a point that you cannot take your dog for a walk or your baby to the park or your child to school. That's a real thing. All right, so you basically, I, I love this. I love my support here at home um, among my, my family. Uh, but come on, you see, you have to see a benefit here. I mean, I mean on all but, of these important issues. It's, listen, it's hard for me. You know, it's hard for me to see the forest through the trees. I will give you this. I will give you this. While I don't care for him, uh, I can see the benefit of having a conversation and letting the audience make their own decision. So, you know, I think, you know, I'm going to go in with my bias, as will many viewers. Um, like I've said for a long time, I think that you should be moderating these debates. You're far more informed than anybody else that's moderating the debates from the last, you know, decade or so that I've been watching these things. I think you'd be great at it. And maybe this is the stepping stone to you doing one of the presidentials. So I'll try to keep an open mind. And, uh, you know, hopefully Gavin will say something and uh, maybe we'll all go, hmm, OK, that's not horrible. You know, who knows? Maybe he'll change our minds. I think hell would freeze over before I was ever tapped <laughs> maybe, to maybe. do a presidential we'll debate. However, I'd love to do it. This will be fun. And the thing we'll is, see what I, happens I, first. Newsom changing my mind or are you hosting the presidential debate? That's a good point. Uh, anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our number as we get back to our busy phones. All right. Speaking of California, uh, Don is out there. Don, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. How are you? Hi, Sean. Don. Uh, thank you. Um, I want, I'm a retired CPA. I'm infuriated Hunter Biden is getting away with tax murder. There's something I haven't heard people talk about, which is very real, and that is we get a second shot at this guy through the gift tax. He claims in his email to his daughter that he has to get 50% of his income to pop. Well, if Congressman Comer is correct, that he's taken in at least $20 million, and he actually gave $10 million to pop or family or anybody else. That's subject to gift tax. And if you're looking at on $10 million, a gift tax would be like $4 million plus yep. failure to file, plus there'd be interest. And the beauty is there's no statute of limitation starts until you file a return. There's no way this guy ever filed a gift tax return. So according to the Washington Times today, it's interesting you bring this up. There is a way that Hunter could still be charged with with tax crimes based on the undeclared income he made while serving on the board of Burisma. It's, it's your timing could is impeccable. And David Weiss, lead prosecutor, he's the one that let the statute of limitations expire, you know, for not paying at least one hundred and twenty four thousand on taxes in his roughly one million dollar annual salary. Twenty fourteen. You know, this, I believe, runs through the years twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen. Anyway, that was aimed at shielding the Bidens from a case that it would have exposed 
a lot of evidence to the influence peddling because that's their most vulnerable part. The whole issue with Ukraine and Joe on tape bragging that he leveraged a billion and a net result of that was Hunter continued to get paid. But legal experts say Weiss can revive that case because Hunter's not paid the taxes and he could be charged with a conspiracy to commit tax fraud, which would be a move that would lead investigators to evidence of Biden's uh, involvement in helping Burisma thwart the state corruption probe to benefit his family, which is the criminal statute exactly on the issue of bribery. He does not have does not have to be proven that Joe personally benefited from this. So we'll see. I mean, they quote Mike Davis, former counsel to, to the Senate Judiciary Committee and president of the Article three project to say and this is a crucial test for Weiss. Well, Weiss has, not, has already failed every test because he didn't want to charge Hunter with anything. And it was only the IRS whistleblowers that sparked the sweetheart deal that exploded because the judge actually just didn't rubber stamp it and read the provision inside, you know, the plea agreement in the in the gun diversion portion of it, where he had full immunity for any future uh, a prosecution on any other crimes he might have committed during this time period. The judge said, no, that's not going to fly. Have you ever seen a case like this? The prosecution even had to admit, no, we've never seen a case like this. Then why are you handing it to me? Uh, so we'll see. It's going to get interesting. Anyway, 800. Wayne is in Idaho. 800-941-SEAN, our number. How are you, Wayne? I'm good. Thank you, Sean, for taking my call. I wanted to talk a little bit about messaging. I think the messaging that we're making to the American people, I'm talking about conservatives. I'm a conservative. When it comes to the border, and I wanted to make this recommendation or suggestion, and it's based on a quote from Winston Churchill, who was quoted as saying that those who fail to learn the lessons of history are doomed to repeat its failures. And we, by having an open border, um, we are repeating the failures of history. Um, ancient Rome, ancient China, and many other countries have failed and have been doomed because they could not and did not police their borders. And I don't think the American people understand, and I think the messaging needs to be, is that not only individual states, maybe like Arizona and Texas, will fail, but the country will fail if we don't police its, our borders. Uh, we, we see the price that we're paying now because of Joe Biden's open border policy, and it has been nothing short of a disaster, an unmitigated disaster in every way. Uh, by every measure. Anyway, thank you, sir. Appreciate the call, my friend. All right, born of the tragedy 9-11-01, the Tunnels to Towers Foundation, they have been delivering on their great promise. What a mission to do good, never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. These are the people that put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut, Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte, after responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and children. And thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers, they were able to pay the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting that huge financial burden. And as his loved ones were mourning the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, and that is the child that he would never get to meet and so many of these families need our help. They can only do it with your generosity, our donations. You know, so please help America's heroes and their young families. Please join the Tunnel to Towers on their mission to do good in their honor. Look, here's the best part. They're asking 11 bucks a month. And I know these are tough economic times. 11 bucks a month. I don't know. Maybe it means giving up Starbucks a couple of days. Whatever it is, we can do it. Um, and join us all here at Team Hannity. We're committed to this as well. 11 bucks a month. Go to their website, Tunnel to Towers, the letter T, 
the number two, the letter T.org, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. The Sean Hannity Show, a thermonuclear MMA assault on fake news. Hannity's on right now. Senator Ted Cruz, Miranda Devine, Virginia Governor Yunkin. These these races in his state are critical. Uh, Sarah Carter live in Chicago tonight on the illegal immigration crisis. Oh, yes, Chicago is just shipping off the illegal immigrants to the suburbs. How nice of them. Anyway, Tommy Lahren, Lisa Booth, Jason Brantz, set your DVR, 9 Eastern tonight. Hannity, Fox News, see you tonight. Back here tomorrow. Thank you for making this show possible. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.